0: This is the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, September 15th. Corey, joining us on the line this morning is Monaga Braves Activities Director Michael Wirtz. He joins us live on the Morning Sports Desk. Good morning, Michael. How's it going this morning?
1: Good morning. It's been great. How you guys doing?
2: Doing pretty darn good for uh, joining awesome. us. Thanks for uh, joining us here this morning. Uh, let's just dive right on into it. Let's start with that Minaga volleyball program. Uh, what can you tell us in the early portion of Braves volleyball this season?
1: Well, you know, they have been fighting this year. With every, uh, we got two seniors here leading the team. With it, uh, they have one win in the season. They Back against Pilger the other week here, um, they dropped the first two sets, but uh, they got it down and grinded it out the next three games and ended up winning their first game of last week. Uh, they had a tough one against Wadena last night, um, dropping three sets, but uh, the third set they showed some life with it and um, battled back. They lost the close one, but you know they they kept. Get after it with it. Yeah,
2: the the schedule I'm looking at it right now doesn't seem like the easiest start to the year with Nevis and Holly and Pelican Rapids and Wadena Deer Creek. What's the roster? Is there a lot of turnover from last year's club? A lot of returning starters? What's the you know what's what's the makeup of this year's team? Now
1: they're all returning with it. But we're so pretty young with it. We didn't have any seniors last year with it. So I mean it's. Junior and senior heavy with it, and we got one sophomore starting um, with Luis Tarla with it. Um, Janelle Henderson and Erica Torman are two seniors uh, leading the team with it. Uh, we had Leah Weaver and uh, um coming back with it to go to the squad as well with it.
0: And now let's shift gears here. Let's talk a, a little football. Minaga played last night. The Braves got their first win of the season up in Red Lake. They won 58-18. to uh, But just tell us a little bit what's been going on uh, with football uh, throughout the first few weeks this season.
1: Well, we lost uh, 12 seniors last year, so it's a big We have a small squad here, a young squad. Um, we have a good freshman squad coming up with... Uh, Eli Roku and uh, Conrad Cole and with that. So it's, uh, it's a young squad The come with it was a big victory last night with it. Um, Cole had three touchdowns. Quinn Foley had two touchdowns to round it out with it. But it's, it's, a, it's a rebuilding year. Um, struggling the last two games. We lost to uh, Lake Park to Audubon um, last Friday. Turnovers were key in that one with it. Um, different ball game, we don't turn the ball over with it. Um, but we'll have another tough one coming up here on Friday, this coming Friday
0: as well. Yeah, and you know, uh, like you said, it's a young team trying to kind of get everybody that varsity reps and kind of build a, another young core here. What's it like getting to watch kind of some of these younger athletes on um, both football and volleyball? Just kind of starting to see them come together and kind of get to see uh, what it could be like the next few years for Monaga Braves Athletics.
1: Well, it's fun watch our JV football team, too. They have, they have yet to give up a point with it. They beat Wadena um, last week, uh, pretty handily with it. So it's, very, it's fun watching that good core come up. Um, it's a promising group of kids coming up. They had a strong all the way coming through with it, Junior high with it. Um, same thing with our volleyball team. we got a nice young core coming up with it. and. It's uh you know, they're gonna have their struggles against varsity opponents. But you know, that's that's a learning curve that they're gonna have to battle through and something they're gonna learn from too.
2: Michael, let's talk a little UNC cross country. What's the update uh, here? Halfway through September. What's that Warrior cross country team looking like this season?
1: Well, you know, we have a strong growth program with that. It's uh, they finished eighth in the Moorhead Twilight meet, um, a lot of good competition there. And just Jolie, I mean, she's our lead runner there, and she finished fourth. Um, she'll be strong here. She'll be a state contender uh, with it. But uh, it's, a, it's a, um, a lot of potential here. Well, we have state state hopes here coming out of our section.
2: Excellent anything else happening around Monaga or UNC athletics this fall that you want to mention before we let you get out of here
1: well you know we got a strong programs coming up here uh, with it young they they're going to continue to improve it's uh, the record is not going to show what what they're, the improvement that they're going to have throughout the season here but' uh, in hopes to keep building throughout the year and um, We have high hopes here in the the
0: near future. We're talking with Monaga Braves Activities Director Michael Wirtz. He joins the morning sports desk live this morning as part of our AD runaround across the region. Hey, Michael, we appreciate you stopping in and talking with us this morning. Great to check in and hear what's going on up in Monaga and we look forward to talking with you later in the school year.
1: Great. Thanks for having me.
0: That's Michael Wirtz, the activities director over at Monaga on the morning sports desk, and and Corey. As we shift here, and let's talk a little bit of high school sports that are going on across the region today. Uh, what do you, uh, uh, I, I guess, on the broadcast schedule? What do you, uh, what do you see on there?
2: Well, uh, tonight on AM 1430 and 98.5 FM, The Fan, obviously it's Friday night, we've got football, Walker Hackensack-Akeley at Staples-Motley. It's a 6.40 pregame and a 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, you'll be on the road tonight for some football also, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. we got got uh, Wadena Deer Creek traveling to uh, Pine River, Bacchus. It is going to be a good one. Uh, you know, the last two years, I think both matches have been decided by within, a, within three points. They've been some pretty close matches over the last two years uh, and expecting another close one today. Uh, Pine River Bacchus is 0-2 to start the season, but I um, believe they're expecting to get some seniors back. They're expecting to kind of get uh, at full strength uh, in this game and Uh, talking with both head coaches in the lead-up to this game. They just kind of want to get their identities going. They want to be able to build some momentum early. Uh, It'll it'll be a good one. I mean, those two teams, as just mentioned, over the last couple of years play some good football, some close football, competitive games,
2: and uh, expect no different uh, up there in Pine River today. Wadena Deer Creek at Pine River is 6.40 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff on 105.9 FM, the Superstation K106. And you know how this goes, online, wadinaradio.com and worldwide on your Superstation K106 app. All right,
0: Corey, uh, we have to do it. We have to do it. Let's get uh, some
2: stuff off our chest, huh?
0: Okay, well, first, before we do that, I just want to mention Twins win 10 2 last night. Magic number dips down to eight yeah. to clinch Seattle CL Central. Okay, cool. Fine. Our, Let's move on. All right. <laughs> uh, the Vikings, uh, their magic number is four. Uh, and by four, I mean uh, the number of fumbles uh, they committed last night as they lose by only one score, 34 28 to Philadelphia last night on Thursday at football. It was the Vikings had a lot of good things happen. Uh, but like last week, all those good things got completely negated by sloppy football. Uh, four fumbles that they lost. Their running game, uh, their run defense couldn't stop anybody. Uh, Corey, just what
2: were your overall reactions to last night? Well, it's it's funny because I, watching the game last night and this morning, my the only thing I could think about with that Vikings game was turnovers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, but it's kind of a threefold thing because. When I got in here and I talked to Dan this morning, the only thing he could talk about was how bad the defense was. So so that bodes not great for my favorite football team. That no. That and he's not wrong to be talking about only the defense. And I don't think I'm wrong to be talking about only the um the turnovers. Um the offensive line is bad. But you know what? I I, I did some math. Okay. Okay. This is a um this is a bold take. Are we recording right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is for our socials later, okay? <laughs> we got this ready to clip. I'll look at our producers. Through two games, the Vikings have scored 45 points uh-huh. and committed seven turnovers. Yes. If you break that down, that is actually 6.4 points per turnover. Uh huh. Which means every time the Vikings turn the ball over, it is a guarantee that they're going to score a touchdown. You're right. Which means the more turnovers the Vikings commit, the more points they're going to score. So why would we stop? They committed three turnovers week one and scored 17 points. Uh Uh-huh. Four turnovers last night, they scored 28 points. Mm. How many points could they score, CJ, if they turn the ball over five, six, seven, eight times a game? I think the Vikings are going to mess around and let us find out this year. The more turnovers you commit, the more points they're scoring. The more points you're scoring, the more games you're likely going to win. The more games you're likely going to win, the better chance at a Super Bowl? The only thing I can uh,
0: the only thing I can equate this to is that picture of uh, the uh, the guy in the suit and he's like got his arms crossed and it just says stonks as there's like a chart
2: as there's like a graph with an arrow going up. Have it, Have it, you seen the 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 uh, houses have windows and cars have windows, so it must be something else entirely that allows the car to move. <laughs> This is one uh, of those. This is one of those equivalencies.
0: hundred uh, percent of people who drink water die. So uh, you know, yes, it's one of those kind of stuff.
2: But yeah, I mean, it's uh, turnovers for me. The Vikings the turnovers are in. I don't. I will accept a loss. This is going to be a loss in the books, right? Anyway, I think by all accounts, it's classic I'll Vikings ex- to make it as frustrating as possible. I'll accept a loss. Just giving
0: the other team buckets is a problem. Uh Uh-huh. Here's the thing with the defense. I mean, there's well-warranted criticism of the defense, but the defense was kept on the field for 20 minutes of the first half because the offense fumbled the ball twice. Yeah. Three uh, three times, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Like, the defense got gassed early because the Vikings couldn't keep their offense on the field. There was a fumble after a good punt return by Powell, the new punt returner this year. There was a fumble after Madison, the new running back this year. Uh, well, I mean, new starting running back this year. Uh, and then I didn't even see the fumble in the third quarter. Uh, but uh, I mean, because I was just out of the room when it happened. But just Madison almost or the, or the had a fourth another fumble one, by the way. Me. Yeah, yeah.
2: Madison. There were almost five turnovers. And the Vikings caught a break because the defense was offsides. He almost fumbled again. You want to know what was the
0: most unexcusable fumble of the day? And and this is maybe a little bit of hindsight. But uh, the most unexcusable one has to be that Jefferson fumble out of the end zone. I know people are gonna talk about the stupid rule of the if the ball goes out of bounds at the end zone, it's a touchback. I get it's a dumb rule, but that's not I don't wanna that's not the point of conversation. The fact is is it is a rule. The fact is it is a rule and it is a fumble. And it's not like Jefferson had a guy make some Herculean effort to rip the football away. Jefferson didn't he had clear control of the ball, but like he tried to extend his arms and in extending his arms you could tell he never quite grabbed the ball right and it fell out when he got hit by another tackler. Like, dude, you're going out of bounds. You caught the ball inside the three-yard line with 30 seconds to go. Your team still had timeouts there's no need to make that Herculean effort. I know Justin Jefferson is a god among us when it comes to playing football. (laughs) So I'm not trying to, like, I get what his thought process was. I get it. And I don't necessarily hate it. And if he gets a touchdown, maybe we're all sitting here not even bothered by it. But the fact is is that he did fumble. And when you catch that ball, just go out of bounds. It's thirty. Three seconds left in the half. You're up seven. Uh, what was it? Seven ten at that point. You're losing, but you have a chance to, at the very least, tie the game going into halftime where you get the ball back to start the second half. And what you do instead is you fumble the ball, it goes out of the back of the end zone. Philly gets the ball to 20. Your defense is already gassed. The Eagles run over them again. They get into what I mean, opposing kickers against the Vikings are just undefeated because, uh, Elliott drilled a 61-yard field goal that even their coach and the kicker like both smirked at each other like they both couldn't believe it. Uh, because you fumbled out of the end zone. The Vikings could have been up 14 to 7 or 14-10, excuse me, going into the halftime, and then had a chance to score again, and this game looks completely different. And that's my whole like even one less fumble in this game, even if they have three fumbles in this game, they still have a chance of winning. The Vikings had three turnovers week one against Tampa. And if they even have one less turnover last week in that bad red zone turnover they had before halftime in week one, they end up winning that game against Tampa. And they're 2-0. and And we go, oh, i got to clean the fumbles up, but we're still 2-0. and This team is – they're really sloppy right now.
2: There is – there's no guarantee that not turning the ball over gives this team a victory. You, correct. But – There is an absolute guarantee that turning the ball over as often as they did has helped the other team win. Uh huh. And having a little court awareness, having a little situational awareness when it comes to Justin Jefferson in that instance you talked about is the most important thing. It's not just, hey, if I reach here, I could get the touchdown. It's understanding there's only 30 seconds left. We just took a demoralizing, uh, uh, loss of lead there's 33 seconds left we could score going into halftime take the lead right back in philadelphia in their home opener we lost our home opener there's just all of those things you have to be aware of at all times you just have to be and um uh, that was it's a really tough mistake to make it's really really tough uh they they're and they're, only one game behind schedule though when I uh pick games. That's so. also true.
0: And here's the thing the <laughs> chart. Go. Yeah, and, and here's my glass half full perspective out of everything that went on last night. I understand all that happened. I understand that they lost. It's a bad loss, and you just heard me uh rant about it there for a couple minutes. But here's my glass half full perspective. This offense is legit. TJ Hawkinson is a good middle of the field option. We know what Justin Jefferson can do. Uh Jordan Addison caught another deep touchdown pass. Uh, so he at least looks like he can play and be a good wide receiver too. K.J. Osborne, he might need to take a back seat. But the point is the Vikings have three legitimate options to throw to. Kirk, despite getting hit, despite the poor pass protection, still is able to get the ball out and still able to throw some nice passes. And in all of this, the offense is still good. The defense has been good in flashes if the Vikings can just keep them off the field. The thing is that Vikings defense wears down. So now they'll have 10 days to rest for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. If they can, it's going to be a tough ask because the Chargers are a good team. But you're at home. The Chargers defense isn't very good. So at the very least, you can get in a shootout with them as long as you hold on to the football. And the Vikings have a chance of winning that game. And then you go one and two. And then you play Carolina in Carolina. And the rookie quarterback, that team's. Their defense is good, but their offense isn't good. Like, the Vikings can win that game, and they're 2-2 two and two through the first month. So there's a little bit of a silver lining. If the Vikings go 2-2 two and two after the first month of the season, there's a chance that they can still be alive in the playoff race. But since 1970, the amount of teams that make the playoffs after starting 0-2 is 1 in 10 chance. 10% of the teams starting 0-2 since 1970 have made the postseason. And that's the demoralizing part. It's because the twins are st- the twins aren't even done with the regular season yet, and we might already have this season be cooked in terms of Super Bowl aspirations for the Minnesota Vikings. Anyway, this has been the morning sports desk for Friday, September 15th.